How to Be an Artist. Step 9. Finding Joy in Your Work. With guest, Jess Smiley. I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in the story of how, how kind of the health issues kind of arose and then maybe kind of where you're at now and what, what that arcs look like. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. And, and, and I've been working, I've been able to work regularly for the last six months or so. So I've got quite a few projects I'm doing now, but it's been, wow. It's just been wild. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, give me an overview about how kind of the health stuff started to emerge um, and then I'm very interested in in kind of how you're how you're kind of doing now. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, this is two and a half years ago, November 2017. I was healthy. I was active. I'd you know go on hikes. I'd ride my bike. I would, you know went out with the kids and everything. Played, and uh, the family got like the stomach flu, hmm. and and I caught it from them and it and it was it wasn't terrible but i <laughs> i threw up and yeah and it was the first time in 11 years actually and it was so violent i felt something wow tear or pull in my upper abdomen just below my rib cage whoa and and it was treated for the next eight months as an abdominal tear they thought i tore the the muscles up there huh. um but it it never got better. It actually got worse. And then it started spreading to my, my sides. And then it went to my back and once, and, and it stayed in all the places, but just added new areas of my body. And then it, once it hit my back within, within a month of it hitting my back, like I was just bedridden. I could not, I I like, after this happened, I literally stayed in bed for three days. I couldn't get up to use the restroom. Like it was that painful. Wow. And how long, how long of a time then was that from, from the first incident to, to kind of being in bed, being stuck in bed? Uh, about a year. That was about a year. So just slow progression for over a course of a year. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause at first, like it, it kind of, see, I don't know. I kind of got used to the pain and figured out how I could move with it. And then it got a little worse and I figured out how to move with it. And then, yeah, a year in it hit hit my back and spread to my back and just, just took me down. Wow. I don't recommend it. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, no. So, so where are you now? Like where, how is it, has it changed in any way since then or stabilized or? Um, it's, it's been pretty much the same intensity in the same areas. Um, mm. I, now, now I get this fun, everyone loves talking about health problems. I, now I have, um, like some pretty bad spasms that come along with it. Huh. Uh, and then there's all the, the fun, like side effects of different medications we're trying to, to try and treat it. Oh, geez. And, uh. I've, I've seen at this point, I've seen more than 40 medical professionals. Wow. Multiple, multiple times. And they, they can't figure it out. They do all these tests and they come back abnormal and they don't know, they don't know how to put it all together. They don't know what this is. Huh? So where are you at right now? As far as trying to kind of figure it out, are you kind of just still kind of 
trying some things out or taking some guesses or just kind of like uh, dealing with it for the time being? Well, I've, I'm trying new medications. Um, I'm constantly trying to figure out if I should uh, push myself more in some ways or if I need to like scale, take it easier in some ways, like physically, like how often mm. I get up and walk around and like, I really have to push through and it's just pain. It doesn't, it doesn't go away. It's not like if I walk around every day, it gets better. That doesn't, it has not happened. Um, yeah. but I, but at the same time, I can't, uh, I can't get out to hospitals and doctor's offices because I have these autoimmune issues that if I get sick on top of all of this, they're not going to know yeah. what to do with me. So is this something, is the autoimmunity something that's emerged with this condition or something that, that kind of existed before? I never had autoimmune anything before. And then, I mean, within months after that initial, you know, throwing up, I, I tested on all these uh, autoimmune, um, I don't know, registers. It, it showed up as potentially this or that or these kinds of autoimmune, but it doesn't like really line up with any specific one of them. Mm -hmm. So we're, yeah, the autoimmune came with it and with the pain, it's all kind of the same thing. Hmm. Wow. That sounds like just such like a mystery too. And such like a bizarre way to, for something to, to start, you know, like this discreet, this discreet moment that was like, boom, you know? Right. Yeah, like I can, yeah, you can pinpoint the day, the event, and like, I don't know, it makes sense that, yeah, if I did throw up and it was really violent, like an abdominal strain or tear makes sense, but they've looked at it, they're like, no, looks looks fine, everything in that area is good. Do you, is have you kind of looked at too, that like, as you do move, it doesn't seem like it's damaging anything like there's nothing that's that they can see that's like clearly damaged in any way. Yeah. And that is really frustrating <laughs> actually, because, yeah. because if you're, if you're moving around and it hurts when you do it and you can feel it like pulling and pushing and creating Ooh. more pain, but, but all the doctors are saying from what we can see, there's no damage being done like that just messes with you so much because you feel it, you know, something's going on. There's yeah. just no way of measuring it that you've, that you've discovered or, or identifying or acknowledging it. Yeah. So it's like these people from the outside, they can objectively look at it and be like, everything looks fine. And that doesn't match up with like your subjective experience of everything that's going on. Yeah. And they do have, I mean, tons of like, uh, blood labs and different tests that show, yeah, I absolutely have markers that show up as potentially these problems, but it, it, the whole thing doesn't quite line up. So they just don't know how to put all the information together. And I, and I don't know. Sense. Yeah. And I, I only know my experience with it. I don't, they didn't teach me, um, medical stuff in art school. So <laughs> Didn't tell you, didn't teach you, didn't teach you diagnostics in art school? No. <laughs> yeah. The anatomy was, was perfunctory too. It was like just enough to know what to, what to draw. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So then how is, how are, 
like then how are how are you working your day then as far as like uh how many hours do you actually work i'm like amazed that you're even working right now you know honestly the the work helps because otherwise it's it's just pain and i just do things to try and um ignore the pain but mm -hmm. but in a lot of ways that's kind of like eating an imitation food because it's not like you're not getting the thing itself you're not getting what you want out of it because it's not actually it it's just an imitation so if i'm if i'm just doing activities to block out the pain it's not really mm -hmm. resolving anything and it's not allowing me to do anything more than block out the pain but but if i'm working i'm actually doing something that i love it's meaningful yeah. it's something that i can contribute to to the world and to other people and that brings in you know resources for my family so it does a lot for me emotionally and mentally and i work um probably 6 to 9 hours each day wow um, um, now this is something that I, I actually am, am very envious of. Um, and this is definitely something I need, I need to figure out because I see, uh, people like you that, I mean, is it, is it a fair characterization to say that you actually find art as something that like you work in on art, like actively makes your life better. Like you feel better when you are making art. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's something that like, for me, I, I've had a little bit more of a, of a, of a tortured relationship sometimes. I mean, I can definitely see times when like I've sat down and you get in a groove and you feel good and you're enjoying it. Um, but it doesn't seem as unambiguously positive as, as it does, does for you know someone like you. There's other artists I see that too, that just find, find like a real joy, um, in creating art. So, um, how much of that too would you say is like you're doing client work versus doing stuff? I mean, are you doing stuff for yourself too that you just enjoy doing for the fun of it? Yeah. Well, I mean, man, I, I honestly, I really feel for you. Uh, like, and I, I've definitely had not like I'm like pitying you or anything. I just, I sure, sure. Yeah. I, I can, I can definitely understand. And I've, you know, there definitely hits a moment in every project where it's, where it's just work, it's just grinding. Mm -hmm. um, but like I, um, let's see, I'm trying, I'm trying to rein it in. I'm all over the place. Uh, I've, I've never, I've never had to question the role of writing, drawing, storytelling, creating in my life. I know that when I, when I follow it, when I'm actively pursuing it and working on it and paying attention and learning and pushing myself that that things just work out they just line up and i can't i don't understand the mechanism i don't feel like i have to look under the hood and see how it's working um but i i just know that it does hmm. yeah and so it just it's something it's an activity that every time i do it i always get a return and a lot of that hmm. has been I've always pushed, I've been really stubborn. I've been really hard headed about it for better and definitely for worse about pursuing my own projects. Mm -hmm. That's how I've gotten the bulk of any client work. People just reaching out saying, Hey, I saw you did this 
album artwork, do you think you could do something like that, but as a mural or they see the mural and they're like, do you think you could do like a logo kind of like that? And, and I love all of it because all of it is, it's, it's visual communication. It's, um, it's, uh, or, or storytelling in a way, or trying to use language in certain ways, whether it's visual language or written language. Uh, it's taking concepts and condensing them or translating them. And to me, that's all fascinating. And if I, because I've been pushing to get my own stories out there, um, I've been really lucky enough to get enough opportunities where I've been able to make those stories and tell more and then get, get more people on board and then thinking, what if you do your thing with my thing and we combine and it's, and it's great. So yeah. I've, I've been lucky. I know I'm lucky. I know I'm blessed to have that. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I think this is, this is one thing that's really helpful for people starting out to hear just this idea that you're going to, you're going to get the kind of work that you do. Um, and it's a little bit harder for me. It's, it's like, it's like ha sometimes making art for me is like having a urinary tract infection. You know, it's just like, it doesn't come out quite so smoothly all the time, but I always, I'm, I'm always happy when it does. And it's like, any time that I focus on just saying like, this doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to do this thing that I really care about for some reason, it always turns out better for me, you know? And the more, the more pure I can get in that place, the more purely I can, I can be in a place where I'm like, this is just, I'm doing this just out of love and curiosity and interest, the, the better results I get. And the more that gets little by little, influenced by whatever ambition or thinking I, I need to fit some sort of market that that kind of usually waters down um, kind of the effect of something. So, um, but for you, I mean, is it the type of thing though, where you will, you know, go to bed at night or wake up in the morning and thinking about, Oh yeah, I can't wait to work on this thing. I know what I'm doing tomorrow. can't wait to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, like I, it, <laughs> because I knew from the beginning, like I've got, I've got stuff I want to make. I've got things I want to say. I know how I want to say it because, because I kind of start from that position. Um, I, I choose to work on projects that I want to make, you know, it's not mm -hmm. just something that like there definitely every now and then I have to take on some paid work to, you know, just to pay the bills or to learn a new, skill set or, or, you know, to strengthen a client relationship or something like that. And, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast, but also, um, I, for the most part, I get a pick and choose what I work on. And so I figure, well, if it's an awesome project and the end result is going to be awesome, then I also better make sure that the process of creating it is just as enjoyable. And so for me, whenever I plan a project, about 50% of it goes into planning process and methods um, so that I don't overwork myself. I don't let it drag out too long. I get a focus on the aspects of the thing that I like so that in the end, the, the means harmonize with the end. And wow. that's that's part of making it sustainable for me so that I want to do more so that I can do more. Man, that, that is like so wise, honestly. Like I spent so much of my career with this mindset of like, 
if I can just get through through this thing. Like the heroic mindset of like, this is going to suck. This is going to suck, but I just need to get through it. But man, if you can just like really focus on like, how can I make this an enjoyable process? And that doesn't mean that, I mean, that you can still do that and, and put in a lot of work, right? Um, so you have, to, it's not about like being lazy or whatever, but um, yeah, that's, that's like fantastic. I don't think I ever really explicitly thought about that working through a project thought about like, okay, how can I do this? So this is, I mean, definitely, definitely with time after getting my butt kicked a few times, I was like, okay, I know how much I can take. I'm not going to overextend myself, but going to the extent of saying, being actively thinking about like, how can I make this as enjoyable as possible? Um, I think that's something I could definitely try to try to work into my process and planning a little bit more. Well, and you know, and it can be as simple as, um, okay, I'm getting, you know, so, so much money to, to work on this thing that maybe I'm not thrilled about, but I, but I need the money or whatever reason it lines up with your career, but you're not like thrilled about the project itself. It could be as easy as, Hey, I'm going to buy that new, whatever album and just, and listen to it. And I'm, and I'm going to at least be able to enjoy that while I'm doing something <laughs> that uses my skills. Like it could be that easy, you know? No, that's really cool. That's, I mean, unintentionally, I kind of ended up doing that. The last project I was working on where I was just like, here's a band I'm not familiar with. I'm just going to listen to a bunch of their discography and see if I like any of this stuff. Yeah. It kind of became a project within a project, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, that's the other, the other aspect of it is like turning whatever the project is into a game, like mentally kind of parsing through um, I don't know, you're doing some illustration and it feels like it's not new territory or anything, but, but in your mind you think, oh, I'm just going to mess with texture a little bit more. I'm just going to concentrate mm. on that as I draw. Now you're learning, you're developing, it's something new. It's something you're considering. You're not just like reciting a drawing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I find too, like, uh, there's been these, these paradoxical moments where it's like, I got to get through this project, but actually part of getting through the project is actually allowing myself to be absorbed by the project a little bit more, which sometimes means I got to spend a little, little bit more time on something, <laughs> you know, where it's, I remember working on this animated project where it's like, okay, there's a frog that's jumping in a puddle, you know, and it's like, okay, I have to animate a frog jumping in a puddle. Um, and there could have been a quick way that I did that, but I ended up spending probably extra time making this puddle, like really just like enjoying animating the effects of the puddle splash. Um, but I mean, that was really helpful in just staying sane through that project to find like, okay, here's something interesting. Um, but you know what I mean? Trying to, trying to find the challenge in that, something, the interesting part of that and rather, instead of just being like, I have to produce like some sort of machine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or you give yourself like, um, uh, anyway, you break it up into chunks of time. You say, I'm going to just crank out for 20 minutes hard and I'm just going to mm. go as, as fast with, you know, doing a good job, but as fast as I can for 20 minutes, you take a break, you do something else, five minutes, you grind for 30 minutes, take a five minute break mm-hmm. and come. I don't know. I think there are different ways of even even if it's just a, a a project that you're not excited about, you don't want to do it. It's going to take a long time. Those those are always the hard ones. I think there are yeah. ways of breaking it up or looking at it in different ways or or throwing on yeah some good music. 
There's always got to be some angle to do it. Yeah, I think that overall idea I just really like. I just I think it's it's such a mistake any within within any career to go in with the idea that you're going to suffer now for some sort of benefit later. You know, that's just I just I just ruined so many of my many years of my life trying to do that. Um, and it's not to say that like, yeah, you're not going to have to work, but you have to find a way to be healthy and, and like, you know, mentally good throughout that process, you know? So man, that's so good to, to hear. You do the work that you want to produce because that's what people will see. And then they want more of that thing, but it's also like mm -hmm. you spend your time the way you want to spend more time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, geez, I feel like I just laid my career. <laughs> it took me a long time to get there because there is that side of me. I was talking with my editor yesterday and I was like, look, there's also this dangerous side of me that that knows I'll do whatever it takes to make the deadline. And that's not always a healthy thing, but I but I will do it because I care about the project and I know that it affects other people and their timelines. And so... Like I want to make sure on my end that I'm doing things in a healthier way to, to arrive at the deadline or the conclusion or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't, I don't have quite that, that same feeling. I can definitely, I can definitely like, um, I mean, I can definitely grind. I know how to, how to, you know, crunch when crunch needs to happen, but I've never been a good, I've never been a good, uh, marathon artist as far as like, okay, let's do a lot of hours for a long time. Like my breaking point comes, comes pretty quick. If I'm in that place. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of interesting when kind of when I mentioned before, um, kind of looking at you, um, and the things that I envy, the other thing I honestly envy, and this is going to sound kind of odd, but you know, I left the LDS church, LDS Mormon church, uh, quite a few years ago and you're still a member, right? Am I, am I right in that? Yeah. And, um, you know, I look at someone like you and an, another artist I think of is someone like Anthony Holden, if you're familiar with him, like you guys are like active Mormon guys, you love the church. Um, and I can see that it like sincerely brings you guys like a lot of happiness. You know, you, you made a post the other day about, uh, I can't, you lost something and you said a prayer about it and you kind of like, I can't remember the details. Maybe you can go into more detail about that, but that's the other thing I really envy is like, I, I think it's really cool that you, you can find real joy out of that. And like, um, you know, if, if that, if the church had been able to do that for me, like I totally would, would, would still be a member, you know, yeah. um, didn't quite work that way for me, but, um, I'm interested in how, how like your faith, um, interfaces with like the work you do. Like, I don't know necessarily how it informs what you do, but more about like how it, I don't know, makes makes your life good, like in, improves your well being, just like contributes to you being like a happy person, you know? Yeah, I mean that's a yeah that's a big set of questions for sure. Big box box of worms there, but <laughs> don't say the wrong thing, Jess. Uh, <laughs> no, I I appreciate you asking, and I and I also appreciate that like it's it's not always easy to have a conversation where, you know, there are two different sets of beliefs or experiences. So I just appreciate, you know, just you're kind of coming at this as like, no, this works for you. So like, what's going on with that? Um, yeah, I appreciate that. I, 
kind of kind of like I was saying with drawing where I've never had to question it every time I every time I I draw there's a there's a return in some way I've learned something I feel better there's some sort of progression it's kind of the same thing for me and the church I've never I've never questioned it I've never had to but I mm -hmm. have found myself in many situations where my my understanding or my my faith for sure has been bolstered it's been strengthened it's been uh enlivened reinvigorated reinforced um and that's i there have definitely been times in my life where i didn't like follow the the teachings as closely and just just my i just felt crummy it just things did not work out as you know as one way to put it and like the closer that I align myself with, with the beliefs that I have, and with with my understanding of how the how the the church operates, um, I just see more meaning and value, and and return in my life. Again, I don't necessarily know all the mechanics or anything, but I I just mm -hmm. see that it works, and I I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. No, I think that's really cool. I think I think what a lot of people miss sometimes is um, they think this issue of like what we believe is um, is somehow just this intellectual exercise, you know. And I I look at the people that I know and that I love that for whom the the church is a big part of their lives, and it they've they've read all the same stuff I have, you know. Like they're they're like have seen all the same statistics, whatever stories. And, you know, they, they still choose to do that while I don't. And it's just like, there's clearly, it's more about, it's, it's about more than facts, right? Um, I mean, not that those facts shouldn't be like acknowledged and, you know, with some of my other friends, like I, I do challenge them on some of those things, but it's really more about like how it affects your life, right? For, for me, for sure, because all, all I can speak from is my own experience with it. Um, I'm kind of interested, um. Could you like just, um, I want to hear, could you like go over that story you were telling the other day on Facebook? Cause I can't remember the details. So I, I just want to hear it again. Um, if you can explain that. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it was cool hearing you describe it because, uh, I've only, you know, I posted on Facebook and I mentioned it to some friends and family and, and then there's been a little bit of time between that. So that was cool to hear. Um, so it was actually, I don't know, two or three weeks ago that, that I wrapped up a two month long project that, that really was about four months worth of work that I did in half the time. Um, and I, I found out that a, about a week to two weeks worth of work was just gone. The files were gone. I'd done the work. I had already solved the problems. I had done it. In fact, I was, I was ahead. I was like a week ahead of my deadline. And so then I started like feeling awful, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to solve the same problems again. I'm going to have to go through all that again for another week. And like, I just felt awful. And so I was, I was just praying. I was like, man, please send help. Like, I'm, I'm doing everything that I know how to look for these files. I'm 
just everything. I'm pulling out external drives. I'm looking on the cloud. I'm looking at just everything, and I cannot find these files. And and um, a couple of cool things happened. One was um, so I so I prayed for help. I prayed for guidance, for counsel, for direction, for for some sort of clarity to kind of muddle through the situation. And um, the first cool thing that happened was. I just had an impression. I didn't hear like a voice. I didn't have necessarily a feeling, but I did have an impression that was outside of my own thoughts that said, um, call it a night, go to sleep, deal with it in the morning. <laughs> and that goes against my nature so hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> like my nature, like I said, I'm so stubborn. My nature is to push until either yeah. it happens or until I break or the thing I'm working on breaks. Like that's my nature. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I have this impression outside of that saying, just call it a night and deal with it in the morning. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> the second cool thing that happened was I accepted it. I was, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm actually going to listen to this. And, and I went to sleep. I actually had a good night's sleep. That's the third cool thing mm. that happened. I don't get good nights of sleep in this much pain, uh, let yeah. alone with, with all the stress on top of it. And then the fourth final cool thing was I woke up in the morning basically with a prayer in my, in my being already continuing from the night before. And, and just this clear thought came into my mind of, how to access the files and it's a way that i've never it's it's nothing it would be hard to describe here but it's but it's absolutely something that i've never done before i've never considered before i've never had to face before and within about the next hour i had every single file right everything that i'd been looking for and so i mean my prayers for the rest of the day were just Thank you. Hallelujah. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you can imagine not having to do another week or two of, of work that you don't want to do, uh, yeah. made a huge plus, plus, like I said, that was during the quarantine of the pandemic. So I, I was helping my kids with their schoolwork and stressed out that we couldn't access everything they need and it wasn't working. And my inbox is flooded with emails from teachers in the school district and, all these changes and then and then now I've lost work on top of that so it was um, absolutely a, a, a blessing like a, that is something I'm grateful for and I hope I don't forget <laughs> that's cool um, when you think about that how much how much do you feel like there was something that felt like exterior to yourself which you kind of felt and how much did you feel like there was something going on inside of you, some sort of softening or change inside of you or. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I like that you phrased it that way, a softening or a change inside me because, because I was also surprised that I was so quick to take the counsel I was given the impression, follow hmm. it. Um, because maybe I am a little stubborn and I just keep doing what I'm doing for, you know, when I'm not supposed to. Uh, so, so that was outside of me. I feel like there was a softening for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, I don't think it would have worked if I was just like, 
I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, I definitely felt like I was maybe aligning myself with something outside of myself. I mentioned in that post how, um, how I've also been hearing, um, le learning a little bit about the, about the brain and these, these neural pathways, um, mm -hmm. the way the brain connects itself to different information. And, and there's this cool thing where if you face your fear or you do something new or you, yeah, yeah. You do something new or you face your fear, your, your brain actually has to create it because it has new experiences. It basically puts it into the brain and the brain reshapes itself in, in a way where it creates new pathways to existing information and it, and it also creates new information and connects it with existing pathways. And so for me at that time, I was like, huh, this me praying and, and trying to act on my faith and then receiving this, this blessing, having that whole event to me felt like appealing to a system outside outside my brain, outside of myself, where now these new pathways, whether they're neural or, or otherwise, some there was some new connection that I could not have arrived at earlier. I don't I don't know if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested. So, what was it in that moment that you think? Could you could you kind of say in this whole process is set off by facing something you fear or doing something new? What was what was it in that case for you that you think kind of set off that process? Um, I mean, I've definitely been been trying a lot harder to prioritize things uh like a little with a little bit more um precision i guess in my life like hmm. like it just becomes it's becoming more and more apparent to me and just even the last month like with the last couple months with the with the quarantine and pandemic going on it's just so apparent to me that me doing my me helping my children with their schoolwork right now it means that I'm not working on this project. It means I'm not checking out Brandon's page to see what he's working on right now. It means sure. <laughs> you're not you're not missing much. <laughs> ah, hey, come on now, come on now. I don't believe that. No, but but it, you know, it's a sacrifice, and so really the what I want to do is I want to make that sacrifice count. I want to make it meaningful, yeah. and. Um, so that's something I've been really aware of in my own life recently is, yeah, I'm working on this thing. It's maybe it's working out for me, but is it good for my family? Is it the best thing I can be doing right now? And it's funny to think about that because I draw goofy cartoons. I mean, yeah, <laughs> this isn't like some, like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not out there saving lives sure. or anything. I'm drawing weird pictures that nobody asked for. <laughs> and yet I feel compelled to, to do these and, and I want to do a good job and I want to be a good person. I want to, uh, yeah. So, so I guess that's been on my mind about like, okay, if I'm working on something, I want to put myself a hundred percent into it. I'm talking with Brandon. We're doing this podcast. I haven't seen you in a while. I want to, yeah. I want, I really do want to connect. I really want to have a good conversation and, and, uh, just make it count.
So, so I think maybe it kind of stemmed from that a little bit. Hmm. And so if the, it's the same thing. It's like when you're with your kids, you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing homework with the kids right now. And I can't, I can't be doing my work while I'm doing this, you know? Well, it's, yeah. And it is any, anyone who knows me well knows that I really struggle. I've struggled my whole life with being present. Hmm. I don't know if it's living in the moment exactly, but something kind of like that without like, without attaching like other expectations to it, just, just kind of experiencing what is happening right now and taking it for what it is, I guess that's really hard. Sure. So, so I'm kind of stepping into that. I'm leaning into it and saying, okay, I want to get better at this because my wife's really good at living in the moment and she just, (laughs) she loves it. She thrives. And like, I've always struggled because I have to know how does what we're doing now factor into the rest of the day? And how does that meet up with my goals for the month? And what do I want to accomplish for the year? Cause I really do think that way naturally. Uh, hmm. So yeah, I'm leaning into what's going on right now and whatever it is, even if I don't want to do it, gosh, man, I better make it count. Otherwise <laughs> I'm just suffering. That's all it is. Yeah. Why are you doing it? What is the, what is the point of life? If you're just going to be miserable the whole time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and, and for me as part of my, my faith, like I think that is, kind of a, a, a crucial tenet of my beliefs is that that in all things we have a choice. Yeah. And uh, it's not always easy to, to choose, but we, we can choose to, I, lately for myself, I think I can choose to overcome or to succumb. Yeah. Um, have you, you talk about being present. Have you like done any, played at all with any uh, like meditation stuff to, to work with that? Or is it more just kind of like ad hoc as it comes? Uh, yeah, both, both. Um, and I've done different kinds of meditation. And for me right now, what I feel like, I mean, I think of, I, I think of prayer the way, the way that I participate in prayer. I, I think of that as like a practical meditation. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then also, yeah, I'm just trying to really be mindful as things happen. And I also, (laughs) this is how ridiculous I am. I, I'm a pretty good journaler. I keep a regular personal journal. Dude, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's helped a lot for a lot of things. And and with being present, like I kind of plan the next day. Hey, remember to remember to pay attention to what's happening all day. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to plan being present. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you struggle with any of those things? Planning too much or living in the moment too? Oh geez, man. Yeah. Geez, that's like that's such a, like a perennial human problem. Um, no, it, it was it's it's been something that's got so bad for me that it's it's been debilitating mm. in the past. Where I just um, I you know I uh, the way I, I conceived of it the other other day is that for much of my life, like um, life has been life has been like very gracious to me, but like my my mind has not, you know. Like I've got, a, I've got like a, an amazing life, but I, I suffered from some very crippling depression um, throughout much, much of it. And so that, that's especially frustrating when you're like, well, I have no reason, like everything's amazing. Yeah. And here I am sitting with my kid and I'm, I'm miserable sitting with my kid. Like, why can't I enjoy 
um, just sitting here with my, my kid, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's taken me like some, a lot of, of dedicated practice to, to being, you know, paying attention to the moment to get to a place where I feel like I'm finally able to be like, Oh, Hey, I can just enjoy life. You know, mm-hmm. I can go on a hike and like, enjoy the view. It's like, Oh, wow. I forgot what it was like to enjoy a view, you know? Do you know what it takes to get to that point where you can, I don't know, let, let go of, it sounds like a letting go or a releasing of something so that you're just in the moment and appreciating that. Do you know what that takes? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I'm sure it, I'm sure it yeah. changes for everybody. Yeah. Um, it, it takes, it takes dedicated practice. Mm. So, um, the, the particular practice that I do um, it's called a noting practice. I mean, you can also do like a breathing practice. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is because there's some interesting science on this. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of like anxiety, anxiety and depression are generally about thinking about the past and thinking about the future. Right. So it's a lot about, a lot about practicing, noticing when you're thinking about the past or thinking about the future and then kind of letting that go and coming back to an object of concentration, whether it's your, your breath or a lot of what I do is, is literally it's, it's like a moment by moment narration of what's happening. So I will do a practice where I sit and, uh, you know, if I have an itch on my nose, I'll say itch. If I'm thinking a certain thought, I'll say thought and you just kind of narrate whatever's going on, you know, with all of your, your senses and, um, it's taken me, it's taken me quite a bit of time though to get to a place. <laughs> like that's the thing I think people don't understand about getting benefits out of meditation is that, um, I think it takes, takes higher doses than, than people. I mean, not, not insane amount of doses, right? but it, it took, it took a lot for me, you know, and others, others could benefit from, from less, but, um, I've had a good time with it. Oh, so. that, that makes a lot <laughs> of sense. And I can totally see like as you were describing, you know, I, I've, I've got an itch, I say itch, I've got a thought, I say thought. Like in, in my mind, I was thinking like that's a, that's a diagram of sorts. You're building like a map of sorts and then you can recognize here's X, that's where I am, here's where I want to go. Or, or just here's, here's the place right now, here's the situation. That's, that's, that's most of it, yeah is you're kind of like practicing what is the idea is, is as you do it enough, you can drop the labels and then you're just be aware of, of, of stuff as it happens. So that's, that's me. That's me with journaling and, and drawing. Um, you, you know, one thing I think is kind of interesting, uh, uh, with this discussion, I think there's kind of this, this concept of like control that has been big for me, but you talk about your, your story with prayer. And I think this has a lot to do with like prayer. I've had, I've had definitely had those experiences in my youth too, where it's just like you are in some sort of pickle and you have, you're just totally wiped out. You've exhausted all your options. And last thing you do is you pray. And it's kind of this, this like, um, you're just giving up control. You're saying like, I don't know what to do here, Mm -hmm. you know? And there's something kind of magical when you do that. Um, when you kind of give up control. Um, and I think that's, at least as, as far as my experiences with being miserable, a lot of that has to do is centered on that, that control where I feel like I have to control my life, you know, (laughs) 
which it's kind of interesting to get back. To, I went for a hike and then I, I was, I was kind of like, I hope I can get back in time for this, this interview. And so, um, it was a little bit of a tight turnaround. Like I got back just in time, but you know, in, in the past when I was younger, would have been the type of thing where I was like gripping the steering wheel with like white knuckles. Like I gotta get back. I gotta get back. Yeah. You know? And it's like, how does that, how does that tension? Like I can't, that's, that doesn't accomplish anything. I can't control anything. Like I just got to be like, okay, like let's see what happens. Yeah. You know? Um, I can't control if my kid comes running in and starts asking me questions while I'm doing a podcast. Um, so that's been a, a big help for me is just being like, Hey, you know, there's only so much that I can actually, I mean, there may not actually be anything I can really control. I might just be on, on this ride and I just got to like make the best of it. You know, that's, that's really interesting. Cause I, I, I think that also like plays into the idea of like when, um, you know, a middle-aged person who's been deaf their whole life, mm. they can't hear and they suddenly get like hearing implants. Yeah. Like cochlear implants. Right. But, um, in in many circumstances, many instances, they don't actually hear your voice. What they hear is a bunch of noise, because you and I grew up hearing, and and part of that living with ears that can hear is also eighty percent like blocking out noise that and yeah. sounds that you don't want to hear, like tuning out those frequencies, and so like. I remember one day driving back from California years ago and we're on this really windy road and it was up and down and it was, it was, it was dusk. And for whatever reason, I just like hyper focused from out of nowhere on like every yard of road in front of me. And like, I've never been like that with, with things. It just came out of nowhere. And I was noticing how fast we were moving past every sign and every like patch of grass and fence and building. And it was terrifying. Hmm. All of a sudden I was so aware that I was going 70 miles an hour, whatever it was in this, in this object that it's just this weird like vehicle and like other people that I can't control and it was kind of an anxiety attack of sorts, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Like I, I had, I had to pull over because I was just so focused on the micro and it's like those, like, I think there's so much that we have to tune out in order to make something happen or to progress or to take a step. Sure. Gosh, it's hard. Like <laughs> that, well, that's, that's kind of like that's what like safety is. Like safety is kind of this, we filtered out the, the sense of safety is kind of this illusion, even though it's important. Like you got to feel safe just to be sane. Right. Right. But dude, at, at any point, someone could come through the window, you know, there's so many things that could happen at any moment. Yeah. And I've had like my moments of anxiety of just like, Oh geez, it's so easy. Like the earthquake a while back where it's just like, you're just in bed and suddenly boom, earthquake, you know? Well, and you're, you're um, up in Salt Lake, right? You're right by it. Yeah. Yeah. We were pretty close. I have to admit that that's kind of a bad example because I'm someone that's always been like terrified of everything. Like that's like just really epitomizes my personality is just a cat being a coward. Um, and so I always, I, as I've like thought about earthquakes, I'm a, I've always been like, Oh geez, I, I don't know. I don't, like it's, it's terrified me. But when this one actually happened, like stuff was shaking around and moving around and I was like surprised how much I was just like amused by it, you know? 
and every time aftershocks came along it was it was kind of fun but um but yeah but still I, but still it's like it's easy it's like this thing you do i i went through this period where anytime i got in a plane i was just like oh crap this plane this plane could like at any moment this plane could just crash something could go wrong um and it's it's kind of like you say there's this noise this noise of like how scary the world could potentially be um you got to learn how to like I don't know. Was that what you were trying to say? I thought, I think that was kind of, <laughs> got I was just relating with you that like, yeah, if you, with, without that diagram, without sitting still, however you're able to acknowledge the current status, the situation, the circumstance that you're in without being able to do that, it's so hard to one, know where to go or what to do. And then two, how to get there or how to do it. Because yeah. there's so many, everything, everything could be a distraction potentially. Oh, sure. And it could be a good distraction. You know, you could be, you could yeah. have anxieties about all good things and you, you can only do one of those good things. Like that's, that's a rough spot too. But yeah, it's, it's just a, yeah, it's just a weird thing. And thank heavens that we can meditate in these, in, in a variety of ways and have it kind of put things in place a little bit for us yeah and then i get anxiety about like i can't i can't do all of these things <laughs> i kind of want to so i want to kind of ask you like do you have kind of a way that you try to address that you know to not like get overwhelmed by all the cool things you could be doing yeah well it's it's taken me a, a really long time um but but to tie in with with what we we're talking about earlier a, a couple well, for the last couple of months, I've been, like I said, really mindful of whatever I'm doing right now is at the expense of not doing any other thing and making yeah. that, that thing that I am doing count. And so the beginning of this year, I decided for myself, um, I, was, I was in conversation with a publisher about working up a, a really great contract. Um, so I was like, okay, my goal for this year is to complete that contract and it's stuff that I really want to do. And I've been wanting to do for years. And this publisher is someone I want to work with. Like, great. That's a goal. I want to do that. And if I do nothing else this year, as far as I'll just keep it like work related, as far as like making stuff, there's, um, there's a story that I've been adding on to that I've been building since like, gosh, 2013, like seven years ago. Wow. That I just, I've, I've built it up to the point that it's, um, it's intimidating, right? Mm. It's, uh, it's unwieldy. So basically I realized this has taken up seven years of my life, hmm. but it hasn't gone away. Like I'm still excited about all these things. So this year, 2020, I'm going to either act on it or I'm going to move on. Yeah. When you say you've built it up, it's basically like a, like a bunch of pre-planning on it, right? Or actual work on it. Yeah, it's like it's it's a story. So it's like okay, character designs, environments, thinking through plot points, story structure, uh, yeah, weird yeah. creatures and technologies, and th like it's just this open folder for a, you know a certain kind of idea that I just keep adding to, 
and then it's like, yeah, when I make this, it's going to be so cool. Oh man, I keep stuffing, <laughs> stuffing stuff in. It's like George's wallet on Seinfeld is finally breaks because he puts too much stuff in it. <laughs> and so, so it's like either I've got to put this into a new wallet or I've got to let it, let it break and just enjoy the time I've had with it. And that is, yeah, that is taken me seven years to get to that point. It's really embarrassing, but I am acting on it. I'm actually doing something with it. And, and it's because I decided out of all these things that I could be doing, these are the most important to me right now. And, uh, if, if I work on them, I'm not going to lose anything because I'm working on the most important things. Yeah. It's good to actually like finish things too and actually have something where it's like, Hey, I did, I did this thing, you know? Like one, one piece of work you can be proud of is better than a bunch of cool ideas you never, never did anything with, you know? Well, yeah. 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 And ideas are like, I, I know you've worked uh, with uh, like, I think Disney, right? For a bit, mm-hmm. for a few yeah. years um, and with image, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there was, was it blue sky? Were you with blue sky? No, so I was at EA before, before Disney. Um, yeah, so like so. if you if you pitch, if you pitch just an idea, if you if we're just talking and I describe a thing that does not yet exist in any way, the chances of what you understand that to be and what I'm hoping you understand that to be, they're just going to be very small. But hmm. but if you if, if we put in the work and I make character designs, environment designs, I have an outline, I have, you know, a color palette. And then I present that with describing the idea. Oh, now, now there's more substance. Like you can actually, like, it's a little more tactile. You, it has some weight to it. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely goes a lot. Having something to show goes, goes a lot further than just ideas for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like a big deal. And that's like, there's one thing like any young artist can shoot for. It's like, you need to find some way to make an idea reality, you know? And I mean, potentially the the best thing is like, yep, find something small that you can make a reality, you know, (laughs) Yeah. because we all do have epic things we're working on, but you know, you kind of need to find the cheapest, easiest way to, to demonstrate, you know, your vision in some way so i had i had a buddy just along those same lines a buddy who um really great friends we we lived like near each other and we swapped bicycles and like uh we went to Mm -hmm. we went to school together and all this stuff great guy um but there was one thing that i always thought was so weird and i and i talked with him about it because i thought it was so funny where he's like um he was going to school for to college for hospitality management Hmm. and in the summers he would uh let's see i'll say travel out of country and he would get um he would buy up a bunch of locally handmade bags that are really cool like like purses and satchels and things okay then he would come back in the fall and sell those while he was going to school and i was like so how do the like like what is what, what is that and and he's like well, I sell the bags to make money to go to school. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. So you're going to hospitality management. And he's like, well, I want to start a hotel. I'm like, okay. So that I can create a chain of hotels. I'm like, whoa, 
okay, this is heavy. All right, sure. You want to do that? And he said, yeah. And then once I've made my fortune, I want to have a vegan restaurant where I teach yoga. <laughs> and so I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and so I made sure that I understood what, you know, that's that series, that sequence. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Cause in the end, like all I want to do is teach yoga and, and cook for people. And I was like, I think just cooking for people and teaching yoga is like a really easy start probably, you know, like if I drew a line to each of those things he's trying to do to end up at, at the restaurant and yoga, like you could draw a straight line there, like pretty easily. I felt yeah. like, and so I don't know. I just thought it was pretty funny. We all have that in some way. Yeah. You know, I kind of got to learn trying to make sense of the world and make a, make a, a practical plan and, Sometimes it's a little bit, a little bit easier than we think, as long as we're able to kind of make some of the choices we want to make. So, well, anyway, man, um, I don't want to keep you any longer than I have. I got to go uh, take care of the kids too. So I think my son's still on a pull-up, and I, I should probably address that at some point. So, um, but anyway, I really appreciate you hanging out with me. Uh, it was a real delight. Um, yeah. So. Oh, thank you. It's been it's been great to talk with you, and I love. I love your work, Brandon. I hope I hope you know that we we haven't gotten to talk too much in person, but I love what you do. I want to I want to see more of it. I want to see everything work out for you. I'm on your side. Well, all right. Thanks, man. Feelings mutual. You've been listening to How to Be an Artist. To support this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash h two b n a.